Welcome to The Story, a TVNZ podcast which takes a story that's been in the news and looks at what's behind it. I'm John Campbell. Good afternoon, Auckland Medical Aid Centre. It's 41 years since an episode of a current affairs program called Perspective began with that opening music and with a phone being answered. It all starts here with a phone call. All was the process of getting an abortion, and it was controversial. The great abortion debate ranks as one of the major social issues of recent years in New Zealand. That was 1977, the year the contraception, sterilisation and abortion bill was passed. Since then, we've had homosexual law reform, the final abolition of the death penalty, even for treason, the legalisation of prostitution and marriage equality. But abortion remains largely defined by a law that's three years older than the Prime Minister and was passed by a parliament of 87 MPs, only four of whom were women. So we have been operating under the same law for four decades. We have, virtually, yes. And in fact, if we go back to the Crimes Act, that's 1961, that is 57 years older, the prescription of abortion in criminal terms. It's actually longer than that. Um, we, we have got the 1961 Crimes Act, uh, but the abortion legislation wasn't changed. They just inserted into the 1961 Act the laws that we inherited from England in the 19th century. Dame Margaret Sparrow, Dr Margaret Sparrow. She's the most amazing woman who has constantly uh, advocated for women, has constantly stuck by her principles. She has been an awesome advocate for women over so many years. More from Family Planning's Jackie Edmund later. But the woman she's talking about, Margaret Sparrow, first started performing abortions as a doctor in 1980. And look back on her presence in the TVNZ archives constitutes a kind of one-woman history of reproductive rights advocacy over the past 40 years. In fact, um, I was one of the first women in New Zealand to use the pill. My husband was a medical student at the time and he just threw this packet on the table and, and said, why don't you try these? Dr Sparrow spent three decades as president of the Abortion Law Reform Association of New Zealand. Here she is in 1976 talking about their work. The prime uh, function of the Abortion Law Reform Association is um, to ensure that the women of New Zealand are able if they so choose to obtain uh, safe, uh, legal uh, abortions. But that was a time of profound polarities. And for people opposed to abortion, the idea as expressed in 1977 by Desmond Dalgetty from the Society for the Protection of the Unborn Child... ..is to ensure that the unborn child is protected adequately by the laws of New Zealand. Yes, the unborn child. The Society for its Protection argued... ..that we begin life from conception. So, in 1977, legislators attempted an almost impossible kind of balancing act. On the one hand, a woman's right to choose. On the other hand, the belief that an unborn child exists from the very moment of conception and the right to life trumps the right to choose. Spock the Society for the Protection of the Unborn Child, 
With 47,000 members, it's the country's major anti-abortion lobby group. The compromise was to apply the 1961 Crimes Act, which essentially said, and I quote, if the continuance of the pregnancy would result in serious danger to the life or to the physical or mental health of the woman or girl, end quote, an abortion would be permitted. And in broad terms, that's still the system we have. Under what circumstances can you get an abortion a termination in New Zealand? You can get a legal abortion if you comply with all the uh, rules and regulations that, that were set up. That means that you have to have grounds. These grounds are in the Crimes Act. Uh, you have to have the abortion um, agreed to by two uh, doctors called uh, certifying consultants. And everything is overseen by the Abortion uh, Supervisory Committee. So, to allow for abortion in some circumstances, while simultaneously addressing the opposition to any abortion at all, the 95% male parliament of the time opted for a system in which the woman herself has less say than the doctors she must consult. Let's return to our archive from that time. Yes, I'll explain everything. Thank you. Remember that phone call we began with? It all starts here, with a phone call. Yes, that one. It's from a woman asking about getting an abortion, and here's what she's told. It's two days. The first day is what we call a consultation day. You'll be counselled, then you'll see a doctor here, and it is our doctor's decision as to whether you'll have the termination or not. And 41 years on, that's pretty much still the case. I, I think it's very demeaning uh, to women, and I think that 97% of abortions are carried out today on the grounds of mental health. Almost exactly as was the situation four decades ago. And then, so the next step was I had to go to a psychiatrist. It was an unpleasant interview because I went along there and I knew I had to prove that I would go mad if I had another baby. I knew the law and I knew I had to prove I'd be a mental wreck. And that kind of desperation, that lack of control, is, says Jackie Edmonds, Chief Executive of Family Planning New Zealand, the antithesis of everything we now believe about our sexual and reproductive health. It's all about trusting people to make their own decisions. And at the moment, are people able to make their own decisions? No, absolutely not. They have to go through a process that's fairly complex. They have to see a couple of clinicians. They have to show that they have a mental health illness or potential mental health impact if they carry on with a pregnancy. So they face the, the stigma of both abortion and mental health in trying to access an, an abortion. Jackie, what does family planning want from abortion law in New Zealand? We want New Zealanders to trust women to make their own decisions. They, they shouldn't have to face barriers or, or complex processes to, get, to access an abortion. They should be able to go to see their health practitioner, have a conversation, have a chat, decide what's right for them. They may decide to go and get counselling, they may not, um, and then they should be able to access that service. It shouldn't be this complex process. They shouldn't be criminal, you know, it shouldn't be in the Crimes Act. They shouldn't have someone else make that decision for them. But that wasn't the attitude in 1961 when abortion was put in the Crimes Act, or in 1977 when it was allowed with the approval of two certifying doctors if there was a danger to the physical or mental health of the pregnant woman. 
So prescriptive was the law, so determined to place external controls on pregnant women that rape wasn't a reason for abortion. Dame Margaret Sparrow. And the reason for that was they didn't trust women. They, um, they thought if a rape was a ground, all women would cry rape. And yet, and this is where the issue takes on a very particular life of its own, abortions do happen in New Zealand. Not quite in the numbers they once did, but in sufficient quantities to suggest that whatever the law requires women to do to get them, many are managing to do. Our peak year was uh, around about 2003, when there were about uh, 18,000. We're now down... Uh, hovering around 13,000 abortions each year. And that has led to a significant school of thought that the law doesn't need changing, that women have found a way to get abortions no matter what the law intended. Here, for example, are national MPs, Bill English, Judith Collins, Simon Bridges and Amy Adams, all speaking to that point. I support the current law. Uh, the mainstream New Zealand, I think, accept the law pretty much as it is. I think it is something that this parliament uh, could do well to leave alone. And my argument is actually what's wrong with the law as it's working today. Women are getting access to the help they need in appropriate circumstances. So the status quo essentially, even on the position of abortion in the Crimes Act, which Jack Tame pressed Simon Bridges on, on breakfast. To be clear, though, you don't support taking abortion out of the Crimes Act. Well, look, I think I'd be loath to. Yeah, I think that's right. Which is also the position taken by pro-life or anti-abortion groups. You pick the term you prefer. Here's Kate Cormack, for example, from Voice for Life, speaking on Q&A about why abortion should remain in the Crimes Act. Well, it's a criminal thing because it involves the ending of an unborn child's life, so it has to be taken seriously. We can't minimise what abortion is and who it aborts. Um, there's a lot of misleading um, information in New Zealand about the law around the law system in New Zealand currently. So there's sort of this idea that we're decriminalising uh, the abortion law, so that it sort of insinuates that women are criminalised, which isn't the case at all. It is legal for a woman to seek an abortion in New Zealand, up to 20 weeks. And that harks back to the view of some of our most conservative politicians. Graham Lee, a National Party MP from 1981, who later formed the Christian Democrats, viewed the post-1977 regime as liberal to the point of meaninglessness. It is virtual abortion on demand. Everybody knows that. And even now, that remains a dispute at the heart of the abortion debate in New Zealand. Is a regime which puts greater weight on the approval of two certifying doctors than on the wishes of the woman herself, liberal or restrictive? Let's go back to our archive and a question that remains as appropriate now as it was four decades ago. Is this demeaning, restrictive, controlling and even sexist? Or is it, as Graham Lee asserted, almost abortion on demand? The doctor has found that Mary's state of depression would make it harmful for her to continue the pregnancy. And if Mary wanted an abortion today, she would have to persuade the doctors who have more say than her of the same thing or something similar. Remember what Dame Margaret Sparrow told us. 97% of abortions are carried out today on the grounds of mental health. As determined by two certifying consultants. 
And here's where the law stumbles into the realm of the subjective. Abortion is polarizing, even in the medical community. Some doctors simply don't support it per se. Let's go back to Jackie Edmund. So do you hear stories of women who come up against medical practitioners who are ideologically, religiously or personally opposed to abortion? Oh, absolutely. There are a number of practitioners, a lot of, a lot of GPs out there that are um, conscientious objectors and they do not offer services for women and, and nurses and other health practitioners. So women are coming across that fairly regularly and so that means they have even more barriers. So what happens if you come across a GP that's a conscientious objector is that you go and see them and then they would refer you on to another GP and add another step into the process and then you would get a referral for your abortion. So it makes it even tougher for women when they, when they are faced with someone who is conscientious, you know, they're, they're objecting. And it's this, the confusion, the inconsistency, the subjectivity, the requirement for women to persuade certifying consultants they're eligible for abortion rather than simply allowing them to choose to have one that makes Dame Margaret Sparrow believe the law that was seen as a kind of compromise between polarised factions is, in fact, just bad law. And I think that we need to um, change the laws. Lots of um, people over the years have said to me, don't rock the boat, Margaret. Um, women are getting abortions. They um, may have to um, bend the law, but um, at least they're getting abortions, and abortions are very, are very safe in, in New Zealand. Um, but I do worry about what's not right with the, the law. I worry that um, women have to, if you like, fit the mental health um, box. I worry that it's still in the Crimes Act. I worry that rape is not a ground for abortion in New Zealand. I worry that the um, fetal abnormality is not a ground after 20 weeks. I do worry that it's in the Crimes, Crimes Act. And I think uh, for all of these reasons, I'm very glad to see the proposals uh, um, from the Law Commission. Which brings us after four decades in which very little has changed to the future of abortion in this country. And perhaps I'm holding the beginning of the future here in my hand. It's a letter sent in February of this year by Justice Minister Andrew Little to the President of the Law Commission asking for advice on, and I quote, how best to ensure New Zealand's abortion laws are consistent with the treating abortion as a health issue. Remember, it's in the Crimes Act. Here's Andrew Little elaborating on that letter in a media stand-up in Parliament. The draft referral letter um, asked them obviously to consider the issue about the, the kind of criminalising of abortion, but actually to look at um, uh, modernising the law. But is it modernising access or simply dealing with a more black and white matter, the position of abortion in the Crimes Act? The government certainly seems resolute on the latter. I think a lot of New Zealanders would be surprised to know that those currently, those laws are contained in the Crimes Act 1961. I agree with just mm -hmm. that. We should not, we should not have, have it in the Crimes Act. It, it is not a crime. But how do you get it? And who says you can? That, should it get so far, will be for Parliament to decide. And by and large, for decades now, Parliament just hasn't wanted to know about it. Why?
why does Parliament avoid abortion like the plague? This is a hard one. These issues are always hard, which is why we see them come up in members' bills. It's why uh, civil unions in the first place, prostitution reform, marriage equality, all of those issues have always come about because of members' bills, because someone has wanted this to go in. I'm talking to Katie Bradford, who's covered the story as a political reporter while inside Parliament and continues to do so now as an Auckland-based reporter, senior reporter in our newsroom behind me here. Now, Katie's point is that the other big social issues of our time, marriage equality being the obvious example, of course, were driven by bills from individual members. Abortion doesn't quite have that kind of champion. Euthanasia, of course, is the other one, the other big one at the moment, and drug reform. They come about because of members' bills. An MP takes a stand, and then at the end of the day, everyone votes on their conscience. The problem you have is no political party, National or Labor, uh, traditionally have wanted to be seen to be the one to take this on for themselves. So abortion has no one parliamentary advocate to do for it what Louisa Wall did for marriage equality. And as we heard earlier, there's a school of thought that existing laws don't seem to be preventing women from getting abortions on whatever grounds they're compelled to argue. And that's what a lot of people will say. Why change it? What harm is caused by changing, by not, by keeping the law as it is at the moment? Most people, if they want to get an abortion, can get one. Uh, that's what people see, you know, that, that's the perception out there that it isn't really an issue. In fact, a lot of people don't even know it's a crime. I think if we went down to Queen Street today and said, did you know that abortion was a crime in this country? Most people would say, no, it's not. I've got a friend who's had one. You know, there's just this perception that you go to the doctor and you get it sorted and it's okay. And that is a strong school of thought. Let's go back to Bill English again, talking about changes to the existing law. I think what they mean is liberalise it, and uh, we wouldn't do that. I mean, it's got a law that standed the test of time. Has it? Or has it been that women who've had no other choice have certainly been forced to work with it? Dame Margaret Sparrow, who has seen and applied the law over a span of decades does believe women with no other option but to make it work have responded accordingly. That we have made a bad law and made it work, and that always means that it's harder and harder to change the law because, as Bill English says, it seems to be working. Abortion on mental health grounds in 97% of cases. For some women, clearly that will indeed be the case. But for others, it will be a matter of saying what they have to say because the law effectively gives them no other choice. It just doesn't seem right to me. Um, but I don't think most people know that. And I don't think most New Zealanders know that it's in the Crimes Act. And they don't notice... They think it's not broken. I often hear people say to me, it's not broke, don't fix it. It is broken. Um, they don't realise the barriers and the challenges that, that people face. What's most broke? Most broke is that it's still in the crimes aid and we're not, we're not allowing women to make decisions around their own bodies. Well, you know, the main... We trust women to do everything else in their lives. We can do everything else, but we can't decide. We have, we're not able to be able to decide around whether we have a, have a baby or not. Uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. Will this all change? Katie Bradford thinks yes. Not tomorrow, but... 
I think within the next five years we'll see the change. I think it has been a long time coming and I think the tidal wave we're seeing around the world with Ireland, I mean those scenes from Ireland were incredible and when you look at what's happened in Australia, all states bar one, now New South Wales is the only state where it's still in, in the Crimes Act. One thing I think that's interesting there is that normally New Zealand is ahead of the game with this stuff. You know when you look at marriage equality, when you look at prostitution reform, when you look at a number of these issues, we tend to be much further ahead than other countries. In this case we seem to be lagging a bit. As I say, women can do everything else in their lives. Why can we not trust them um, to, to make these decisions? We, I learned this new term recently called benevolent sexism, and I, I think abortion is, you know, this is it's all over abortion. We think we should look after women. Women are fragile creatures that, that need help and support. Women aren't fragile creatures. We, we manage to carry on and do everything else. Um, and I think most New Zealanders know that and, and do trust women to make the right decision for them and their families. That was Jackie Edmund from Family Planning. And that was The Story, a TVNZ podcast produced by Julie Clothier and Erica Wood and edited by Justin Moore. I'm John Campbell. Thanks for joining us.